Today on Seeking Wisdom, we're going to do something a little bit different and we're going to answer, I hope we're going to answer, a question that you have been getting all the time and we're going to do it in a little interview format. Why did I start Drift? Yeah, we're going to talk about why you started Drift. Here right, we go. Here we go. So from an outsider's perspective, I'm going to I'm gonna say, because I knew, knew of you before Drift and all this other stuff, outsider's perspective, I think you get this question all the time because... You've done a bunch of companies. You probably don't need to be doing another company, right? You could be hanging out on mm-hmm. the Cape somewhere if you mm-hmm. wanted to. Sand in uh, my toes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm sure you remind yourself of all the time when yeah. it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but people want to know, like, why are, you, why are you doing Drift? Like, you left HubSpot to come start Drift with Elias. And I want to dig into that and just get a better understanding for, for why you did it. And, and cause there's kind of been a common thread across all the companies in your career. Yeah. I think the, you know, the, the short answer is unfinished business and, uh, and we can dive into that and yeah. there's definitely been a common thread and it's, it's one of those things that has taken a long time and lots of hindsight in order to be able to understand like, wow, these were always the same thing. Did, but did you know that at the time? No, of okay. course not. All right. So let's, the connection is mm-hmm. – well, actually, no. It's, it's the connection between business and customers. That's, that's kind of every company that you've built has had some connection there. Absolutely. So it goes back. So like yeah, you know, go it goes back, back to like um, how I started this journey in the first place was when I was in college, uh, I was bored, uh, extremely bored. Yeah. And, uh, and so I would like skip all my classes – and hang out in the library. And the reason I'd hang out in the library was at that point they had internet access, which we didn't have in our computer lab, right? We just had network access. They had internet access and they had early versions of at first Mosaic web browser and then later the first version of Netscape web browser. Uh, and so I started to hang out and, you know, use kind of the early uh, internet through those browsers, and I became obsessed. And I, what what really got to me was I had been coding software up until this point, desktop software and boor, you know boring software for me. But I wasn't really feeling it. I didn't love it. But when I was discovering this early web and like this early uh, this ability, which seems kind of like funny now, like to have access to all of this information across the world. Uh, and I was able to build some early web apps and websites just messing around on the side. Uh, I was able to firsthand have this direct connection with the people that I was building the, yeah. this product. Oh yeah. For. Okay. T- tell this, tell the story. Didn't, wasn't yeah. you, didn't you build something and like some, some dude in Russia sent you a message? Yeah, like, that was my light bulb moment. Yeah. So like, uh, so I built a website uh-huh. back in the day you would, uh, put your email address at the bottom of the website because there were no spam, uh, spam bots. There was, uh, no one was on the internet to find it. There was no it. drift on your website to capture mm-hmm. emails or no, talk to people. And- definitely <laughs> not. And so I put my email address on there. Some guy in Russia wrote to me. I can still remember it. And he sent me an email, uh, which you didn't get much many of back then. Uh, he sent me an email and he said, hey, man, I really like your website. It's really cool. Right? That's all he said. End of story. And he, he was from Russia. And uh, and I knew that from the ISP that he had sent uh, the message in. And that, to me, was a light bulb moment. Like, that was the first time that I actually had what we know as the feedback loop, right? I created something. Someone that I didn't know used it. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know how they even found it in the first place. And then they reacted and they liked it and they sent me a message. Yeah. And that has been the thing that I've been chasing uh, the rest of my life. Yeah. And you still love doing that. Today. I still yeah. love doing that. And that, that kind of experience, I can see this in hindsight, led to this obsession that I've had for five companies now of wanting to help businesses communicate, right? It's all around this communication with their customers, mm -hmm. right? And I've been chasing that in different forms for five companies now. I didn't realize it uh, at the time, but now I can look back clearly at all those and understand I've been chasing that same pattern since college. Here, okay, what I think is interesting about this is I actually think there's kind of, there's two tracks. It's you have this, all the businesses that you've built and the companies that you've worked at mm -hmm. have been about like business software for customers, right? Yep. Connecting businesses and customers. Mm -hmm. But then you've also taken that approach internally yes. and built teams around the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like from Performable and HubSpot, everybody that listens to this podcast and, and you know reads the stuff you write all the time knows about like the customer-driven movement. So it's kind yeah. of twofold. It's like the companies themselves and the mm -hmm. software that you've built, but then actually the people and the processes inside of those companies. Yeah. And now I can look, you know, just like uh, the first example, I can look back and see like, oh, this is what I'm doing, right? This is like, has been everything for me. Um, but I didn't realize that at the time. So I took this obsession and started to build companies around this idea. But I, but up until Performable, uh, I, which was my fourth company, I was following the same playbook internally that everyone else would follow, right? And we don't have to belabor that, but like I, it was a very non-customer-driven approach, and it's like how most companies have historically uh, been run internally, and, and a lot are today. And, and at, at Performable, I shifted the model to actually build not only software to communicate with customers, but also turn the whole model internally to be focused around that customer communication. Let's let's just explain that model for people. Yep. So the the thing that that you did but didn't like was basically creating things that were self-serving, like yep. setting a release date for some feature, building something because internally people wanted it or Yeah, so you know, before Performable, I follow the same playbook everyone did uh and when it comes to building products, creating companies, all of that, which is uh it's largely driven by uh the ideas of the people within the company. And uh, and then within a product team, an engineering team, or the way that you build things, it could be waterfall, it can be agile, it can be all of these different development methodologies. What's missing from all of these methodologies and from the approach of internally generated ideas being the way is that the customer is missing from from both of those. The customer is missing from Agile. The customer is missing from Waterfall. The customer is missing from this idea that all that ideas come from the, uh, from the founders and from uh, internal generation. Yep. So did you here's – what, here's what I want to get out of this. Yep. So now it seems like the reason that Drift was started mm -hmm. was to actually be able to enable every company – to do the things that you learned over those 10, 20 years. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, it's all meta. So at Performable, I discovered this customer-driven approach to build a company. And we did it within the product team, within marketing, within the entire company. We were a small company uh, at the time that we were acquired by HubSpot. At HubSpot, I got to validate this approach within the product engineering design. Basically, everything that has to do with the creation of products, I got to 
validate this at scale, right? I got to see, did this work for 200 people? Did it work for 1,000 people? Did it work for, you know, 2,000 customers? Did it work for 15,000 customers? And got to validate and see that it did work and it did produce the results that we that we thought it would produce, which were, in our opinion, superior to traditional results. And then at Drift, what we're building is basically what you said, which is we are building a way that every company in the world can operate this way. And so it's it's not only the product itself, but it is the way that we work and the kind of our philosophy behind building companies and building products. Yeah. So that was good, man. That was good. You yeah. should do this more often. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might have a career. So, okay. so, so, you know, yeah, so that that's, that's what Drift is. And at its core, so without the whole Drift mission involved, at mm-hmm. its core – Drift is a communication tool, right? Yep. It's a messaging app. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that we talk about it a lot internally is like if you if you use Slack uh, to run your business, you know, Drift is the thing that you're going to use to grow your business. Absolutely. Okay. Here is my entrepreneurial mm-hmm. question for you. Hit me. Why would you get in a market that is so crowded? Yep. And this is something that we get all the time is, how are you different than this competitor? How are you different than that competitor? Just do a search for messaging apps and there's you know more things that you can list. But still, you get so fired up about this market. Yeah. So I think you know one of the things that I've learned throughout my career throughout my life has been like uh, to really focus on the customer and to focus on the market and the team. Those are the three legs of the stool, right? The market, the customer, and the team. And missing from that stool are competitors, right? Mm-hmm. We There are competitors in the market. Uh, one, I kind of have this uh, orthodox view, which is like I actually like – I mean I like markets that have uh, a fair number of competitors in it because it means there's a market. Right. Right. It means, therefore, there is a market. Yeah, we, We're not we, we will a market. have to do a whole separate podcast on yeah. this topic. But like, this is something that you ha- you hammer over and over again, it's which awesome. is like most people freak out when people ask about the competition. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it means that you're actually onto something. Absolutely, and so there there are competitors in our world, but I think uh, most of them are very small. Uh, most of them are different than what we're trying to do. Um, but I'd say our hope is. Not that there are those number of competitors in the market. We expect and that there will be every major company in the world, software company in the world that sort of uh, touches our world, whether it's sales, marketing, customer success. If they make software for that that those, that audience, mm-hmm. and that's everyone from Salesforce to Oracle to SAP to everyone that you can think of, they will get into this market. Yeah. And what we're trying to do is be in this market uh, and – be the lead in this market uh, by the time that those players come in. And the reason that we think this is the very reason that we created Drift beyond our mission is that we think the market is changing, right? And we feel that market change, right? We saw firsthand the market starting to shift towards more and more towards messaging and more and more to this connection uh, with the customer while we were at at HubSpot and at Performable. And so there are examples on one end from – you know, uh, messaging apps, kind of new wave messaging apps starting to emerge on the consumer side, whether that's Snapchat, FB Messenger, Telegram, um, Periscope, Meerkat, all of these different things are different new ways of communication that we saw not, not millions of people in the U.S., not tens of millions, but now at this point, billions of people adopting 
at, at lightning speed, at a speed that we have never seen before in history, right? And so what that means for us is that billions, at least hundreds of millions, let's say, of people are being taught these new patterns and these new expectations for messaging that will have to make their way back to every piece of software that we touch as businesses, right? So we saw that shift happening. Then we saw the shift that is, continues to happen with companies like um, uh, Kickstarter, uh, Indiegogo, right, where all of a sudden we had hardware companies starting to create products out in the open where that never existed before with the customer as part of that process, customers paying for that product long before the product ever existed and being part of the community and part of that journey of creating the product, right? This is the customer-driven way that we always talk about. We see this happening out there. All the way to now we see this in this year, Tesla launching the Tesla 3, selling billions of dollars in cars. The Tesla 3 does not exist yet. People have paid for that car, right? Like they've built that car, and they are part of that community, right? They've committed to buy that car uh, because they want to be part of the process of building the company. That, those are examples of what we've been talking about, which is every company needs to shift to be able to have the customer at the center, like in those examples, and be able to build products and services that serve those customers together, right? No longer is the, the customer an afterthought that, oh, okay, how do we sell this thing now that we've built it, right? Now, look at all the examples that we are living through in the last three to five years of the customer being part of the process, even back towards the product not even existing yet, yeah. right? In our case, it's easier to imagine because we're software and we, we can build software pretty quickly. Uh, but this is happening not only for software. It's happening for hardware products. It's happening for physical products. It's happening for something as complex as a car, right? Like this has never happened before. This is why we think... Every company needs to have the customer at the center and the customer and the common thing with all those customers that we see is that they expect to be able to communicate with those companies through some form of messaging. And we want to be uh, the company that empowers that messaging. Yes. Yeah, so it's not a it's not a competing with who it's a billion it's a billions of people out there mm -hmm. that are already communicating with each other on messaging. Yep. That's the problem that gets you excited is, Absolutely. is how do we change how do we bring this this behavior? We all are on Slack all day talking to our teammates, mm -hmm. we're on iMessage talking to friends and family, mm -hmm. but then we have to pick up a phone or fill out a form or mm -hmm. do some other you know, stuff in order to talk to a business. Absolutely. So this tidal wave is coming, the tsunami is coming, and we want to help power that. And so, I mean, you look at that every day in the way that we all work, just like you said, you know, whatever tools you use, you see and feel the shift. We all know this is happening. And so we want to be there for that. And that's what we think about in terms of building a company. That's the big market shift. That's the big market opportunity. Who's a competitor today? Doesn't matter, right? We are not fighting for the small market uh, that some number of competitors might have today. What we're trying to do is fight for that big billions of users uh type of market. When we started Drift, long before we even had the first version of the product, long before we had um, even a beta out there, we had an internal audacious goal, goal which was insane, right? Which is like, uh, which we want, and we, what we said was, we want, to get, we want to build Drift. We will know we're onto something when a billion people, B, B 
B-I-L-L-I-O-N, billion, a billion people have communicated to businesses using Drift. That is what we're after. Yep. That's the magnitude of what we're after. Woo! Come on, let's I, do it! I don't know if we, we have to end there. Okay. Yeah. So that, I mean, that last, that is your, why, why you're working on Drift is, it's obviously a problem that you are passionate about. Absolutely. This is why I wake up every day. And it's big enough. This is why I wake up every day fired up. I don't think about competitors. I think about the customer. I think about our team. And I think about the market opportunity. I've never been this excited about a company. Uh, I'm all in 1,000% to build this company. That's why. Because this shift is happening. We feel it every day. I see it every day, not only myself and us within the team. I see it happening for my daughter, who's 11 years old, right? I see it with my son. I see the way that they're interacting with brands, businesses, people, groups, whatever you want to call it. They're indifferent. They don't make a distinction between, oh, that's a brand. Oh, that one's a company. Oh, that's a person. Oh, this one's a group. They just think about communicating to people. And that's why I'm fired up. I love it. Let's go. Right. Join the army. Come join the Drift Army. Let's do this. We can do it together. Yeah, billion if people. we want to reach a billion people, we, we need we need an army of people with us. I want one of those old school McDonald's signs that says like a billion people served, right? A billion people delighted. Yeah. Okay, quick quick story to wrap this up. Let's we go. always ask for ratings and reviews, right? Five star Here, only. Here's something that I love is that every time somebody writes a new uh, rating or review, uh, DC forwards it to me. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So if you don't think that he, I read if you don't everyone. think that we see everything, every one of these, from from it's ninety nine percent love, but yeah. every now and then there's a hater, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Means I see we're you. on to something. I good. know you're there. Unsubscribe. Yeah, unsubscribe. <laughs> so yeah, keep those ratings and reviews up. I read everyone. I share them with the team. Come give us some love so I can share with the team so we can get through those days. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. Later.